Take out your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. Great to see everyone today. As you're turning in your Bibles, who could use some good news this morning? Would you like some good news, something to get excited about? Uh, You know, here at Orchard Church, one of our values is we're uh, not about our kingdom, we're about his kingdom. We want to reach people uh, throughout this community, throughout the state of Colorado, the United States, and around the world. So we're always looking to partner with other ministries where we can spread the gospel as God gives us opportunity. And several years ago, uh, our mission in the Philippines came to us and he said, I know you guys are all about church planting and planting other churches and we have a pastor who's ready to plant a church in the Philippines, but we just don't have the funds. Could you help us out? And we said, absolutely. So the first year of their church plant, we completely funded that church to get started in Laguna, Philippines with Pastor Roy Veloso. Well, a couple of weeks ago, they had, I think they're like fourth anniversary. And so they had almost 400 people that showed up on their friend day for their fourth anniversary. And so this is a picture of that event and that service that day. And the really great news is, are you ready for this? Over 100 Filipinos accepted Christ on their friend day anniversary. Is that incredible? And because of your generosity, so many of you being faithful and you're giving, um, you may not know this as a church, um, when you tithe, we tithe off of your tithe. Anything that comes in through our general fund, we tithe 10% into missions, and so we're able to do things like help fund this uh, new church plant in the Philippines and other church plants. And also, uh, about a year ago, we had a mission team from our church that went over to the Philippines to be with Pastor Roy and see this work over there and serve there. And while we were there, we said, do you have any needs that we can bless you with. And they said, we don't have a sound system. We don't have microphones. We don't have speakers. We don't have drums, guitars, projector, all the things we enjoy here. So we were able, because of your generosity of this church, to write a check out of our mission count for $10,000. And we sent that to them. So all of that equipment you see is from Orchard Church, from you guys. So praise God for that. That's awesome. So Pastor Roy wanted me to tell you about his day, thank you as a church, the incredible blessing, and you guys, isn't it cool that we're making a difference around the world and seeing people come to Christ, so thank you for your generosity and your giving. I also want to give you some good news. Anybody interested in hearing about our new building we're hoping to break ground on next door? Let me give you some good news about that, our legacy campaign. Uh, Last week, we crossed another milestone. We received our development agreement from the city back. Uh, We were down, we had about 30 items we were working through. They're down to about three items now, but they're pretty big items. So be praying for us as we meet with the city next week. The prayer that we'd ask you to pray is that we get our building permit as soon as possible. We'd love to break ground in September. We are ready to go. We've got the financing. The construction drawings are 100% done. We've given those to the city. We just need to get our building permit, and there's two or three items we've got to work through with the city. So will you pray for that Orchard Church so we can break ground soon? We're going to have, yeah, a ceremonial groundbreaking on Sunday, September 25th, and hopefully the real groundbreaking is going to happen very close uh, to that as well. And this is all a 
again, made possible because of the generous giving of this church. Uh, we had a legacy campaign almost a year ago. It'll be one year anniversary in November where many of you, about 300 families and individuals committed $2.5 million over and above your normal tithes and offerings uh, to build not just a building, but a legacy in this community. And so you can always see this update in your newsletter. We tell you every week where we're at and you can notice uh, today that we have received in over $750,000 now toward our legacy campaign of $2.5 million. And so can we praise God for that? That is incredible. That is awesome. Thank you for your amazing generosity so that we're able to continue to be effective and make a difference in, the, in this community. We'll keep you updated on the building. If you're new to Orchard Church and you, this, this is your home church now, you consider this your church, um, get involved in the legacy campaign. You know, Don't just be a spectator and sit on the sidelines. As that building goes up, know that you have a part in that and the hundreds and thousands of lives that are going to be changed once we get that building and, and continue forward reaching people in this community. You can go to our Got Questions table, pick up a package packet of information that we gave out a year ago tells you everything about the building and the legacy campaign uh, so you can get involved. But thank you for your incredible, amazing generosity so we can continue uh, to join God in the efforts, redemptive purposes in this community around the world. It's really exciting what God is doing. Well, today we're continuing our series called The Ghost. Uh, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, or God the Holy Spirit. We kicked this off last week. We're doing a four-week series on the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we're aware of His presence in our life, and that we don't resist Him so that He can be effective in our life. Today, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? I hope, if you don't, by the, by the end of the day, I believe that you will. I hope you will. You know, as you read through your Bible, you can see the power of the Holy Spirit displayed from Genesis to Revelation. In the Old Testament, you see the power of the Holy Spirit when it came upon Joseph and made him an incredibly effective leader in Egypt. You see the power of the Holy Spirit come upon a man named Joshua and made him an incredible military leader with the nation of Israel. You see the power of the Holy Spirit that would come upon prophets and they could speak on the behalf of God what God would have them to say. You see the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon a man named Samson that gave him his great strength. You get to the New Testament and you see the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit. There was a virgin named Mary that conceived our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that's not how babies are conceived today. That happened once, all right? But it was the power of the Holy Spirit that a virgin conceived Jesus. And then we know the Bible tells us that Jesus died, he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. Do you believe that, church? Listen, you're not, I'm not going to let you all be quiet today when we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, all right? If I have to come out there, I will, all right? But listen, Jesus rose from the dead. We believe that. And the Bible says he was risen from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And we have access to that same power today. He gave a promise to the disciples. We looked at it last week. He said, when I leave, don't worry, don't be afraid. I'm going to give you the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to share the gospel throughout the known world. You're going to be able to speak in languages that you've never spoken before through the power of the Spirit to communicate the gospel and reach people for Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that we have access to today. All of us as believers have access to that same power. Let me ask you this question by a show of hands. How many of you in your Christian life, sometimes you see other Christians and they just seem to have a little more spiritual power than you do? And you kind of look at them, anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're like, man, I wish I had that kind of power. I mean, when, when they pray, they just pray these powerful prayers that are like from heaven. You know, I, I don't pray like that. You know, I'm usually like, dear six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. You know, I don't know what to, don't pray like that, okay? 
You don't have to pray like that when you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe when they quote the Bible, they, they just verses flow out of their mouth. They know God's word and the power and they, they're able to memorize and share all these verses. Or sometimes you see people that have the power of the Holy Spirit and they have this incredible faith. Even when they're going through trials and tribulations, they just have this supernatural peace that passes all understanding. Or they're always sharing their faith. They're always talking to coworkers and neighbors and family. They easily can share the gospel. Why is that? It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And you may wonder, well, why is it that they have more power than I do? I mean, I've accepted Jesus like they did, and I have the Spirit in me like they do. But why is it that they seem like they have more power than I have? Would you like to know the answer? The answer is, they may have more power of the Holy Spirit than you do. Because they are more aware of the Holy Spirit's power. They've learned how to access it. They've learned how to tap into it. They're more surrendered to the Holy Spirit's working and power in their life. But the good news is, you can all have it. Amen? You can all tap into that. If you desire to and you want to, and I hope by the end of this service, you'll say, man, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Let me give you an illustration of how important this is in our life. Uh, several years ago, actually a little over 10 years ago, when we moved to this community, we bought a house in this community uh, about two miles from here over in Turnberry subdivision, and we bought the house. It was a brand new house, and so we, they didn't have a backyard, and it didn't have fence, and you know, we had a dog at the time, just a dog. Okay, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And we were like, well, we got a fence in this yard, and, we, and I needed to build a fence. Now, if you guys know anything about your pastor, Pastor Doug is not good at building anything. Uh, I, I don't know how to work with power tools. You know, when I get a hammer or a saw out at my house, Shelly calls some of you who are good at carpentry and says, will you please come over and help my husband before he damages himself or our house? Because I'm just, I'm just not wired that way. I'm, I've got other, my wife says, I have other talents. That's not one of them. But I had to build this fence, and I didn't want to pay a bunch of money to have somebody do it. So I was like, you know, somebody needs to help me. So there was this man in our church and he was really good at construction. He built houses and he said, I'll help you build this fence. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Prayers are answered. And so he says, now we can do this one of two ways. We've got to dig like 10 post holes for this fence. That's what the fence is anchored to and what holds it up. And I'm like, okay. And, I, and he says, so we got to dig these holes. And he said, we could try to dig them ourselves and it'll take us all day. A couple of days, it'll be really hard. Or we can go to Home Depot and we can rent a power auger and we'll put some gas leaning that thing and it'll just you know bust it out and I was like nah we'll just we got I got a shovel I got a pick I got work gloves you know I work out I'm I'm, I'm ready I could do this I don't I don't need that and I'm always trying to save a buck too you know I'm cheap so I'm like let's do this so he's like okay and so I think he knew what was going to happen and so I get out there put on my work gloves get my shovel get my pick and we start trying to dig the first hole you know where this is going. It's hot out. I am sweating. I'm, I, and I mean, I'm digging and I'm digging and the ground is hard and we get about this deep and I'm like, is that good? And he's like, oh no, no, we got to go like two feet deep below the freeze line and all this. I'm like, what? So we dig a little bit more and we're like this far down. And I mean, by this point, I mean, my muscles are fatigued. I am shaking. I'm trembling. I've got blisters on my hand. I'm sweating profusely. I didn't cuss out loud. I didn't. Okay. And finally, I'm like, I give up. I give up. I'll spend the money. And he's laughing. He knew this was going to happen. And so we run to Home Depot, we get the power auger, we put some gasoline in it, boom, we fire it up, and it was like the hallelujah chorus, you know, oh, 
hallelujah. It's like, and we start digging these holes with the power auger. I mean, we dug all 10 holes in the time that I got that far on my own. I was like, I should have done this in the first place. And a lot of Christians try to go through their Christian life the same way. They put on their work gloves, they get their shovel, and they try to grunt their way in their own strength and their own power through the Christian life, and they don't get very far, and they get frustrated, and they get tired, and they wonder what is wrong, and what is wrong is you haven't tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit because it makes all the difference in the world. And the good news is we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do it alone. We don't have to do it on our own. And when we try, we won't get very far. If you're with me, say yes. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we access the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live supernatural lives in a very natural world. And this is the same power that Jesus promised to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, where I'd like to begin today. In Acts chapter 1, if you'll go there with me. Acts chapter 1, in verse 3. And Jesus has risen from the dead, but he didn't just go straight to heaven. He was here, the Bible tells us, for 40 days, and he shows up to his disciples on different occasions. This is one of the occasions, and he begins to tell them of the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says, During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. This is one of the great proofs that Jesus rose from the dead, because he was seen by the disciples and over 400 people after he rose from the dead. It goes on and says that, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, watch this, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what, church? Say it, sends you the gift he promised. What is the gift that he promised to leave them? We learned about this last week. He promised, I'm going to leave you the presence and the gift of what? Say it, church, the Holy Spirit, that's what he's talking about. I'm going to give you the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit, as I told you before. He says, now you know John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the, say it church, with the Holy Spirit. Here at Orchard Church, we believe in water baptism after salvation as a public display of our faith in Christ. We believe in full immersion because that's what you see in the scriptures because it's a beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we put you under the water. We say buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. It's a picture of our salvation. It doesn't save us, but it shows that we are and we fully immerse. Those of you that have been really naughty, we hold you under a little bit longer just to make sure everything's good. Just kidding. And and we immerse you. But Jesus says, just like you understand full immersion of water baptism, he says, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to kind of come and go. He's not going to just give you a look. You're going to be fully immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happened in verse eight. Watch what Jesus says. But you will receive, say it church, you'll receive power. Come on. You guys are not working with me. Don't make me mad. Okay. But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The power is going to come from the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. The the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit was not for the pleasure of the disciples. It was not for them. It was to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. And you'll be my witnesses telling people everywhere about me. Telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And you say, okay, why why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important that Jesus promised the power of the Holy Spirit to the disciples here in the book of Acts? Here's why. 
because he told them, you're going to tell people everywhere about me. Now, if you follow the story of the disciples in the Gospels, Jesus was with these guys three and a half years, and they were always messing up. They were always making mistakes. They were always screwing up. Never one time did Jesus say, man, you guys are all that in a bag of chips. I am just so happy and privileged to be with such spiritual giants and have amazing faith as you. He never said that. As a matter of fact, he was most of the time correcting them and rebuking them. He said, you guys have little faith. You know, Peter, he said, you're going to deny me, Peter. Peter was one of the ringleaders of the disciples. He said, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, oh, not me. I would never deny you, Jesus. What did Peter do? He denied Jesus three times. When he was arrested three times, he, he chickened out. He was scared. He was afraid. You get to the cross. Where are the 12 disciples when their Lord and Savior Jesus, they've been with for three and a half years, where are they? Are they there supporting their friend and Savior? No. There's only one of them at the cross. His name was John. The 11, other 11 were locked in a room, scared to death, afraid of the Jewish authorities that they might be arrested and crucified as well. And then you had a man named Thomas, Doubting Thomas, we call him. After Jesus rose from the dead, they said, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. And Thomas said, no, I'm not going to believe it unless I see him, unless I touch him. There was no faith there. But to these 12 people, to these 12 disciples, Jesus said, when I leave, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So you can take the message of the gospel to the entire world. I know you haven't done well for three and a half years, but things are about to change through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to do what you guys have not been able to do on your own. You say, well, did it work? Was it effective? Look around. Here we are, Orchard Church, preaching the same message and the same gospel that Jesus gave to the disciples 2,000 years ago. Not only in this church, but other churches in this community, in this state, in this country, and around the world, even to the Philippines, because of the power of the Holy Spirit given to 12 ordinary men who did extraordinary things for God because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. And that power of the Spirit has been going on for 2,000 years. They've tried and tried and tried to squash the church, and they can't. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how powerful. Hey, you're awake now. Yeah. So what does this mean to us? We have got to take off our work gloves and put down our shovels and trying to do the work and tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to today, with the rest of our time, I hope you'll take some notes. You have this in the back of your newsletter. I want to give you four ways that the Holy Spirit wants to empower all believers. Four ways so that you can tap into this power. And what does he want to do in your life? Number one, the Holy Spirit wants to give you power, the same power he gave the disciples. Number one, to share Christ boldly. To share Christ boldly the same way that, the, that he asked the disciples to do this. You're in Acts. Jump over a couple of books in your Bible to 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. We'll also put it on the screen. And he is reminding them of when he came to Corinth and he shared the gospel and he preached a message and people got saved and the church was started. And he's reminding them of what power he used when he preached to them. And I can identify with this. He says this, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. In other words, I didn't use my own power. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except what? Say it, Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Now watch this. I came to you in weakness. Everybody say weakness. You ever feel weak? You ever feel like you don't have any strength? That's how Paul felt. He said, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, 
And my message and my preaching were very plain, very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on, let's say it, church, the power of the Holy Spirit. Why did you do this, Paul? I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in, say it, the power of God. The power of God. Not my strength, not my work gloves, not my shovel, the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I didn't come trying to be some eloquent speaker based on my education and what I've done. I can identify with this. You guys are so gracious. Um, I, I appreciate all the encouragement that you guys give after services or Facebook or emails telling me you know, how you like the messages and, and what you hear every week. I, I appreciate that, but I do not feel like I am the best speaker around. I feel like there are so many pastors that communicate better than me, speak better than me, more eloquent than me, more educated than me. Um, a lot of times you guys ask, where do you get fed? I have several pastors and preachers I like to listen to, and when I listen to them, I'm like, oh, I hope someday when I grow up, I can preach like that. <laughs> I do. I really do. And I, I try to learn from them. Um, I, I don't have tons of degrees like some pastors do. I have a bachelor's degree in music and Bible. Um, I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a doctor de degree in divinity. But I'll tell you what I do have. I have the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that you have. And I don't say that to brag on me. I brag on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if I didn't have that, none of you guys would come to hear the messages at Orchard Church. And what you don't know is that every Sunday for over 10 years, when I drive from my house to Prairie View High School, it's about five minutes, I pray the same prayer every single week. Father, would you today fill me with the power of your Spirit? Make me a vessel unto honor that you can use today. Give me the words to say not my words, your words, and would you speak to people's hearts through the power of your word today? And I believe God has done that, and God has answered that prayer, and I trust in the power of that spirit. I, I remember a few years ago on Easter Sunday here at Orchard Church, we consider our leadership team, we call Easter Sunday the Super Bowl for church, because it's the biggest day of the year, biggest weekend of the year, Easter, and it should be. We're talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we see more people come to church and more people accept Christ on Easter than any other time, so we had this crazy idea. You know, we meet here at Prairie View High School, rent a facility. Usually when we would do our baptisms, we do them at a pool or we do them in our ministry center. We video them, but we said, let's do them live. And let's do a spontaneous baptism. How many of you guys were here and you remember this? Some of you know what I'm talking about a few years ago. So we brought the trough out. We filled it up. We had T-shirts ready for people. We gave people an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and get baptized on the same day. People that weren't coming to church planning to be baptized. We prayed that maybe 25 or 30 people would respond. That's what we hoped for on that Easter weekend. And we trusted in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to people's lives and to do what we couldn't do. And you know what happened? 127 people accepted Christ and got baptized on one Sunday here at Orchard Church. One Sunday. And it wasn't because of my message or what I said. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was so cool, we decided to do it again the next year. But I thought, well, there's no way we're going to baptize as many the next year because so many did it last year. And so we thought, you know, maybe 75 and like 150 people got saved and got baptized the second year that we did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all are like, well, why don't we do that again on Easter Sunday? Here's why. Because last time we did it, we flooded the stage and we had to repair it. And the school said, no more. <laughs> we need a building, y'all. Because when we have our own building, we'll be able to do live baptisms during worship with all of us and celebrate. Amen? But that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. 
And, and the good news is this. Let me encourage you. Maybe you feel inadequate to share your faith. You're like, I know I need to share the gospel with my friends, coworkers, and neighbors, but I feel inadequate. I feel uncomfortable. I feel unqualified. The good news is you have the same access to the power of the Holy Spirit that I have and the disciples had. Amen? Now, don't get quiet on me now. Get scared. You do. And, and you say, well, how's that going to work its way out in my life? How's this going to happen? I, you know, I don't know exactly, but maybe this week, you know, you're going through your week and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit speaks to you and prompts you to share your faith with someone in your sphere of influence that doesn't know Christ. And you go, well, I don't know what to say. Trust the power of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me do it enough. You know the Bible enough. If you know John 3, 16, you're good. But what's going to happen is you're going to begin to share your faith and things are going to come out of your mouth. You didn't even realize that you knew and that God's going to bring to your memory and things you've studied. You're going to start some of you quoting scripture that you didn't even know were in the Bible. You're going to have to check it afterward to make sure you didn't misquote God's word. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to pray for people that need to be prayed for. They're going through a hard time. They're discouraged. You say, can I just pray for you? You go, I don't know how to pray. Trust the power of the Holy Spirit. And you'll pray for them in a way that God will give you the words. And you go, where did that come from? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you all believe that, church? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will empower you. The power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us power to share Jesus boldly, the same way he did disciples. Number two, he gives you power when you're weak. And this is really going to speak to some of you today. You need to hear this because you're weak. You're struggling. You're going through a trial, a tribulation, a difficulty. The power of the Holy Spirit will help you when you're weak. Paul said this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our what, church? In our weakness. For example, he says, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Have you ever said, man, I need to pray, but I don't even know what to say? For yourself or for someone you care about, you love? Well, here's the good news. The power of the Holy Spirit helps you pray. But the, say it, church, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. We don't even know what to say, but the Holy Spirit does, and he prays for us. How cool is that? When you don't even know how to pray, he prays for us. You know, it's been said, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. And the Holy Spirit and the power of God will lift you up, encourage you, and give you strength when you are weak. And some of you, you're here today, and the truth is, it was hard to even get out of bed and come to church because of something that's going on in your life, a trial, a tribulation. It's taking all your strength away from you, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit when you're weak. Let me, let me give you, illustrate it this way. Um, when I was in high school, I was a wrestler. I was on the wrestling team. I know you guys thought I was the center on the basketball team. I know you thought that, but I wasn't. Um, I actually uh, didn't even try out for the basketball team. I was wise enough to not do that. But I was a wrestler, and so we would always have to prepare for wrestling matches. And one of the things as a wrestler you had to do is you had to work out a lot with weights and, get, and try to get stronger for, for your wrestling matches. And, uh, you know, I, I used to work out a lot with weights, and then the last couple of years I've done more cardio and things like that, and I really haven't done the weights, but just the last couple of weeks, I, I went back to the weights, and so I'm starting to do the weights again, kind of a balance between the two, so I need you guys to pray for me, because Shelly will not be able to keep her hands off of me in the, in the next few weeks, so I just want you guys to, it's going to be hard, so just going to throw that out there, but, but I started working out with weights again, but when I was in high school, on Fridays, the last day of the week, we would do what we call burnouts, 
And so we would put weight on, on, on the bar and like bench press. And so you would, you would do the weight and you would do it till your muscles were absolutely fatigued where you cannot push one more. But then they would always have a spotter behind you. Some of you know what I'm talking about? And so they, they'd be back there. And when you were at the end of your strength and weakness and you felt like you couldn't push one more, they'd go, one more, come on, one more, you can do it. You know, I mean, your arms are on fire. My, I mean, my boobies were on fire. I mean, booby fire. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, Yee! I mean, it's like, I felt like I was burst into flames. And they're like, one more, one more. And, and then when you couldn't do one more, they'd put their hands on the bar and they would give a little bit and they would help you. And then usually they'd do one more, one more. They'd say one more like 10 times. And what I learned was, as they're starting to help you a little bit more, by the end, I just was holding onto the bar. I wasn't pushing anything. <laughs> The last five, the guy spotting me did all the work, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to act like you're putting, ah, you know, and they're, they're doing it all. It's awesome. Booby fire, you'll remember that. Do you get the picture? Not that picture. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to get out of this one? Forget that. We'll edit that out. But... What's true is in the Christian life, again, we try to grunt it out and push it out and do everything ourselves. But here's the deal. Here's the good news. When you get to the end of what you can do, that's when the Holy Spirit kicks in. That's where he lifts you up. That's where he helps you. That's when we're weak, he is strong. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for that, church? Now, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a, there's a phrase that I've probably used in the past and you've used, and you hear this all the time. And, and we've got to be careful because there's phrases that we think are Bible phrases, but they're not Bible phrases. And here's one that you hear people say, God will never give you more than you can bear. How many of you guys ever heard that? God will never give you more than you can bear. Did you know that? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to escape the temptation. But it doesn't say God will not allow you to have more than you can handle or bear. I believe many times God does allow us to have more than we in our strength can handle and bear because that's when God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, does his best work because then it's God and it's not us. Can we celebrate that this morning? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When we can't go another day, I remember one time when I was preaching at my first church I pastored in Indiana, and I got really sick on a Saturday night, and I didn't have a, a staff like I have here to fill in for me, and I had to preach. I had to do the service, and it was one service and one message, and so, you know, I could keep them as long as I wanted, so I'd preach like an hour. And so I, I but I got, a, I got sick on Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning with 102 fever, and I, and I, I was like, I got to preach. And I remember I preached that message, and I got done, and God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gave me the strength to get through the message. After the message, I sat down, and I almost passed out. I mean, they were worried they were going to take me to the hospital. I was really bad. And they're giving me water. I don't remember a thing I said in that message. But after church, people came by, and they said, Pastor Doug, that was the best message I've ever heard you give. And I didn't remember a word of it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I was like, I need to be sick more often. Just let God take over and do this. It was, it was amazing. But you can relate to this because some of you, you came in here weak. You came in here struggling. You came in here with a challenge in your life. Maybe you're a parent and you're like, man, it's everything I've got to get up another day and be the kind of parent I need to be to these kids. I'm at the end of my rope. And that's when the power of the Holy Spirit will help you out. Maybe your marriage is struggling. It's hanging on by a thread. You don't, maybe, you're, maybe you're even going through a divorce. 
And you go, I don't know where I'm going to have the strength to make it another day. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit, when you're weak, will strengthen you and lift you up and get you through. Maybe you've got a job interview and you're scared to death and you're going to say, I'm going to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to give me the words to say. You've got a presentation at work and you're like, I'm scared to death to talk in front of people, but I'm going to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to do this presentation. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you just keep struggling with and you keep struggling with and you try and you try. You put on your work gloves and you get your shovel and you try to stop doing that sin that you know you shouldn't be doing and you just need to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, to overcome that. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is it that God wants to do in your life? Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He had a, a, a health challenge. He was weak because of a health challenge. We don't know exactly what it was. It was something to do with his eyes. Maybe he was blind or partially blind. And he asked God three times to take it away. And here's what God said. Paul said, each time he said, my grace is all you need. You know, sometimes that's all we need. Amen? It's just God's grace. My, say it, church, power works best when? In weakness. When you're the weakest, God is the strongest. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness, Paul says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, say it, church, then I am strong. That's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit gives us power to share Jesus boldly. The Holy Spirit gives us power when we're weak. Third thing is this, the Holy Spirit gives us hope in a hopeless world. And a lot of people feel like right now we live in a hopeless world and a hopeless country. Paul said this in Romans 15, 13, what a beautiful verse. He says, I pray, this is a prayer that we can all pray. I pray that God, let's say it, church, the source of hope. He is the source of hope. If you put your hope in anything else but Jesus and his Holy Spirit, you're going you're gonna to be let down. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely, not partially, not a little bit, completely with joy and peace. Can anybody use that right now? Some joy, some peace, because you trust in him. Then you will say at church, you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that an amazing verse? What a great verse to pray. When you don't know what else to pray, pray that verse right there. That you would overflow with confident hope that comes where? From an unlimited supply and source, the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the United States right now, if we ever needed hope, we need hope right now. And a lot of people are freaking out right now. The election coming up. And I said this before. I'll say it again. It's not a political statement. I believe it's a biblical statement. The hope for this country is not in any politician. It's in the great position, Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is. Who will fill us with the Holy Spirit's power, with confident hope, no matter what we're facing. A lot of people are asking me right now, Pastor, are you scared about this election? Are you freaking out? Are you worried? No. Nope. Not at all. You know why? I've told you this before. I'll tell you again, church. I've read the end of this book. We win. No matter what happens, we win. God's in control. We have the power and the confident hope. We can overflow through that source of the power of the Holy Spirit. My hope is not in the government of the United States. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in an unlimited source, and we can overflow with confident hope. Now, I will say this. This is my political statement, and this is all I'm going to say. You need to vote. You better vote. Men and women have sacrificed and given their lives for the freedom for us to vote. We should not take that for granted. Vote. And I'll say this. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. That's between you and God. But I'll tell you this. If you don't vote, then don't complain. Doesn't that 
you know, okay, I better move on. But listen, hey, write this down. Sunday, September 11th, you'll remember that. We're going to have a special video message from Andy Stanley, a message that he did called Avoiding Election Infection from the Word of God. You don't want to miss it as we go into the election season. But my prayer today is that if you're hurting, if you feel helpless, if you feel hopeless today, that you will tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and you will overflow with confident hope. That you'll walk out of here today with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, the fourth thing. The Holy Spirit gives us power not only to share Jesus boldly, not only when we're weak, not only does he give us hope in a hopeless world, but fourth, to experience the fullness of God. This is maybe the most important of all of them. How many of you would like to experience the fullness of God? Everything that God has for you and your life. Well, there's an amazing prayer. I mean, this is a prayer that I hope you'll make this your personal prayer, your prayer for your family, your prayer for our church. Paul prayed this, this prayer for the church in Ephesus, and I pray this prayer for Orchard Church today. In Ephesians 3, he said this, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you. When we feel like we've ran out of strength, he's there. With inner strength, through his what, church? Through his spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Orchard, we need strong spiritual roots. He goes on and says, and may you have the, say it church, the power to understand as all God's people should. Watch this. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, not just know about, but personally experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete, watch this, with all the fullness and life and power that comes from who, church? God. Who wouldn't want that? Amen? Man, I want that for my life. I want that for my family. I want that for my marriage. I want that prayer for my kids. I want that prayer for my friends. I want that prayer for Orchard Church. I want that prayer for you. That you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and his power that gives you confident hope and that you overflow with that and you experience all the fullness of life and power that comes from our God. I think the challenge is this. A lot of people have reduced Christianity to the lowest common denominator. You talk to people, and it's like, you know, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. I prayed this prayer one time and invited Jesus into my life, maybe even got baptized. You know, I, I go to church when I'm not doing other things, when I'm not camping or at the lake or at the ball game. Nothing else is going on. I go to church. I try to live a good life. I know I'm a lot better person than other people I see, so I think I'm doing okay. And we think that's the Christian life. And yet you look at so many Christians today, and is it not true? They're still hurting. They're still worried. They're still freaking out. They're still addicted to some of the same stuff the world's addicted to. They're still struggling. They seem to lack faith. They have no victory in their life. Why is it? They have no power. They haven't tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit. They're putting on their work gloves and they're getting on their shoulders and they're trying to grunt their way through the Christian life in their own strength and they're not getting very far. So how do, you say, well, how do I tap in? I know I've accepted Jesus. I know he's put his spirit in me. That's what he does when we accept Christ. He indwells us. But how do I, know, how do I tap into the power of the Holy Spirit? It's really simple. And when I say it, you're gonna be like, Oh, yeah, I know that, but we don't do it. We don't do it. What, what is it? If you go 
and get a power tool. When we went to Home Depot and we got the power auger, we had to put fuel in the tank, gasoline. If you get an electric power tool, you can have the greatest power tool in the world, but you have to have a power source. You got to plug it in or it's of no use. Are you with me? Say yes. And, and so many Christians, they've accepted Christ, they have the Spirit of God in them, but they're not experiencing the power because they're empty, they have no fuel, they have no source. Where's the source? Where's the fuel? It's right here, Orchard Church, it's this book. This is the fuel that the Holy Spirit of God uses. This is the power source. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to experience His power, then you fill your life with this book. Jesus said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he will guide you into all truth. My word is truth. Some of you, the reason you're struggling, and I'm, I'm not saying this to get on to you. I, I, I make this same mistake in my life. We go through several days and then we're struggling because we haven't been in God's word. We haven't opened it. We haven't read it. If Sunday morning is the only time that you hear God's word, I promise you by Monday at lunch, you are out of power. That's why we encourage you guys, get in a small group so you can get in God's word in the middle of the week and talk about God's word. Get into discipleship where someone else can help you to know how to read God's word and study God's word and apply it to your life. Get into God's word every day. Just open it up and read it. Every day we need the fuel for the Holy Spirit, which is God's word. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you've got to build the word of God in your life. And if you've ever wondered, is there more to this Christian life? And what I'm experiencing, is there more? The answer is, yes, there is more. And it's through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. He wants you to experience his presence as you're aware of him, as you don't resist him. And through his presence, as we talked about last week, he will comfort you. He'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. He will counsel you and give you guidance and direction and decision-making. He'll convict you so that you know how to please God for your good and God's glory. He will fill you with his spirit so you can walk in the spirit and not keep making the same mistakes. You will experience the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness. Who doesn't want that? And then you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Power so you can share Jesus boldly and you can see your friends and neighbors and coworkers come to know Christ. Power so that when you're weak, he is strong. Power so you can have hope in a hopeless world and power so you can experience all the fullness of God. And then you will live a supernatural life in a very natural world and God will do extraordinary things through ordinary people just like he did the disciples. We got to take off the work gloves and put down the shovel and tap into the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that we would access your power in our lives through your word and that we experience all the fullness of you in all of our lives. We continue an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. How many of you here this morning, you see the power of the Holy Spirit is at work right now in this moment. What you're feeling, what you're sensing, that's the Holy Spirit. And how many of you, he would say to you, like he said to me this week as I was preparing for this. Sometimes I'm trying to do life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want it, I need it, and I want to experience all the fullness of God. If that's you and that's your heart's desire, would you slip up your hand? Can I pray for you? All across, God bless you, hands everywhere. Father, I first pray that you would forgive me 
Forgive me, Father, where I have tried to do things in my own power, and my own strength, and I have struggled, and I've become frustrated, and I haven't gotten very far. And I see the amazing difference when your Holy Spirit takes over and your word takes over. Lord, forgive us where we have tried to do things on our own, apart from your strength and your power. May we access it. May we tap into it. May we fill our lives with your word so that we can be filled with your spirit's power in our life and experience all the fullness of God and everything that you have for us. So we continue in an attitude of prayer. Some of you today, man, you needed to hear this because you're weak right now. You're struggling, maybe in your marriage, your finances, with your kids, your health, and you feel like, man, I don't know if I can make it another day. I don't know if I can push the bar up one more time. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to be strong in your weakness. Is that you today? Can I pray for you, anyone like that? You say, I need the power of the Spirit in my life. I'm going through a struggle, a trial, a difficulty. God bless you. Thank you. Several hands. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit's power would minister and speak to people even in this moment giving them a supernatural peace that passes all understanding and a power like you gave Paul where your grace is sufficient in our time of need and greatest weakness. That's when we see your greatest strength through your spirit. So continue in prayer right now. There's a few others of you that God is speaking to in a different way. You're feeling something maybe you felt before or maybe for the first time. Something supernatural is happening through the power of the Holy Spirit throughout this service and especially right now. Here's what it is. What, that, that, what you're feeling and sensing, that drawing, is the Holy Spirit of God saying to you, you need Jesus. You need God in your life. You've said no to him too long. You've maybe pushed him aside. You, you've tried to grunt it out on your own life. And it's not going so great. And it's time for you just to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, God and his son Jesus in your life and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, you know who you are. I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus in your life right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer that you can pray with me. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if you believe it and you put faith behind it, Jesus Christ will come into your life. He'll place his spirit inside of you today and give you power that you could never have on your own. If that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me, for my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your presence, your power, and your spirit. I need you. I want you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus continue with heads bowed and eyes closed and we look around I don't want to embarrass anybody I never want to do that but if you just pray that prayer of faith for the first time that's the greatest decision you could ever make and I would love the privilege to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus and experience his power in your life so without hesitation right now if you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it it really came from your heart it wasn't just empty words can I pray for you would you slip up your hand right now God bless you and you and you and you God bless you God bless you you sir God bless you God bless you sir down here thank you Man, eight or ten people. Put them up nice and high. I don't want to miss anybody. God bless you. Leave them up for just a second. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am, right here. Anybody okay with this? This many people accepting Christ today? God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for those 
putting their faith and trust in you today. We know it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word working to change people's lives. Only you can do that. May we never take that for granted. We celebrate their decisions. We celebrate the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives and in our church. And we welcome new members into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate many decisions for Christ this morning? Amen. Hey, listen, if you just now raised your hand and you said, I prayed that prayer, I accepted Christ, I meant it, please let us know about that. That is the, uh, we take that very seriously here. On your connection card, check the box that says, I accepted Christ. Give us your mailing address, drop it in the offering bucket. We're going to continue to pray for you, and we're going to send you a little book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy, Help You in Your New Journey with Christ. If you're a first-time guest at Orchard Church, thanks for being our guest. Hopefully, you filled out the guest connection card in your newsletter. You can drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by. We are not interested in your money today, first-time guests, but we're definitely interested in getting to know you, and so we'll send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail, so please drop that connection card in. Also, if you're new to Orchard Church or first time today and I haven't had the privilege to meet you personally, I would love to do so, and so I will uh, meet you right out there in the courtyard. I'll be by the white tent, so come by and introduce yourselves today. I would love uh, to meet you in that way. Hope you guys are enjoying the Ghost Series so far, Power and Presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Next week, the next two weeks, we have Two more weeks in this series. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. A lot of different gifts listed in the Bible. A lot of different beliefs about the gifts. I'll show you what the Bible says, and then you got to decide where you go with that. So we'll talk about the gifts. And then the last week, we'll talk about what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And so we're going to do that. So come next week. Bring somebody uh, with you. It's going to be a great time together. Also, there is a rumor going around. Those of you that have been at Orchard Church for some time, about this time of year, we kick off our small groups, and so there's a rumor that the small group singers might make an appearance next Sunday. Anybody interested in that? So you want to get here early, you don't want to miss that, and we'll see what happens next week to encourage you guys to get signed up uh, for small groups. So right now, we're going to check out real quickly what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. You don't want to miss that, so don't go anywhere. We also have an opportunity to worship the Lord um, through our sacrificial giving and generosity, through our tithes and our offerings, because we want to be a church that gives first, saves second, then learns to live on the rest. And speaking about being a giving church, uh, from time to time, we'll do this. If you're here today, you're 21 years of age or older and you have a legitimate need for food, shelter, or clothing in your life, we want to help meet that need today. and We want to give back to you rather than take from you. So as the offering bucket goes by, if there's any loose cash that's in there that would help meet that need, we'd like to be a blessing to you in that way today. So help yourself. That okay, church? We do that today? All right. Don't go anywhere. Here's what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. Hey everyone, I'm Elise. Here's what's happening at Orchard Church. Here at Orchard Church, we are very passionate about Jesus' great commission to go and make disciples. We have a very intentional discipleship process where you will grow in your faith and in turn, help others to do the same. At this time, we want to celebrate those who went through our most recent discipleship training class. like to be part of our discipleship process, simply sign up on your connection card today. It's shoebox time. 
As part of our feeding center ministry, we send Christmas shoeboxes filled with goodies to our kids in our feeding centers in Haiti, Mexico, and the Philippines. To be a part of this fun ministry, simply fill out the shoebox information card in your newsletter and turn it into the shoebox table located in the courtyard. This is the last day to get a shoebox, so be sure to pick yours up today. Due to import restrictions in Mexico, you can sponsor a child for $15 to receive a Christmas gift instead of filling a box. All boxes are due back at the shoebox tent next week on Sunday, August 21st. Hey students, make sure to check out Fuel meeting every Wednesday from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Ministry Center. You'll find awesome games, have tons of fun with friends, and hear a relevant message just for students. Feel free to bring a friend and be a part of these awesome nights. For more information, visit the Fuel table in the lobby today. As a church, we're experiencing some amazing growth, and we want to continue to see people connect, but we have a big need. We need you to host a small group. This can be an incredible opportunity and experience for you. If you would be willing to host a small group this coming fall semester, simply fill out the small group host insert in your newsletter and drop it off in the offering bucket as you leave today. This is the end of our service today. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.